Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 266, I'm joined by Ethan White, host of community TV program Off the Couch with Ethan, which was awarded Best Outdoor and Recreation Program at the recent Antenna Awards. Through his camping-based travel show, Ethan aims to inspire young people and their families to get off the couch and into the great outdoors. Ethan shares with us what motivated him as a 14-year-old to start his own program and how he went about producing it and getting sponsors to bring his vision to life. This is Ethan's version of Be The Drop. Have you ever heard of brand storytelling but have no idea where to start when it comes to implementing it into your business? Sign up for our free Storytelling for Business email program. We give you the tools to develop strong brand messaging, grab your customers' attention and how to create a positive sales experience. Register for our free email program to learn how to engage your audience and turn them into customers via narrativemarketing.com.au slash storytellingforbusiness or access the link via the show notes. Ethan, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Oh, thank you, Amelia, for having me. It's uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, good, me too. And I have been looking forward to this conversation for a few years, unbeknownst to you. <laughs> I really, really love what you've done with your program, Off the Couch with Ethan. We'll learn a little bit more about that in a minute. But, you know, I think your story is super impressive. You started when you were 14, you got it all happening by yourself, you've produced this show, it's on community television and you've got your website. And I'm just really impressed by your motivation. And so I'd really like to be able to share that with listeners and understand a bit more about your story and why you've done that. So to get us started, I'd love for you to share us with that story. Why? What was it that was this passion, this burning desire in you to go, right, I'm going to start a TV program and just off you go. Thanks, Amelia. I think about this question quite a bit because I'll kind of look back and go, when was that turning point or where was the point that I decided this is uh, how I wanted to spend my time. This is what I wanted to do. And I can't seem to pinpoint it to a specific moment, but I feel like there was a few significant events that build up to this point. And I guess the very first one was that I'm so fortunate enough to be part of a great family who have taken me travelling. I can clearly remember the day that mum and dad came home um, from work after I'd been at school. I reckon I was in about year five or six. And they said, look, we're going to buy a camper trailer and we're going to go away camping. At that point, I thought camping was really just, you know, going in a tent down to the caravan park or staying in a cabin even. But once we brought a camper trailer, it was all of a sudden opened my eyes to all of these amazing places we have here in South Australia and around the country. And it was like, wow, I absolutely love this. I love seeing new things. I love learning new things. And just being able to spend time with my family, I just thought was phenomenal. So that moment was quite pivotal for me as it really, I guess, got me, I caught the travel bug at that point. And moving on from that, another passion of mine, ever since I was at a young age, was filmmaking. And 
again, I can't really pinpoint when it was, but I've just almost grown up with a video camera in my hand. And when these two sort of passions began to mix of traveling and filmmaking, I would be putting together short family films of our holidays together and just showing them to family and friends. So with that sort of under my belt, as I moved up into high school, I guess I looked around at a lot of my peers and thought, wow, they don't really have the opportunities that I have. They're not as lucky as I have to come from a family that we're going away every school holidays or every long weekend. And that made me feel a bit disappointed because I thought, well, everyone else is missing out on so much. And it was at this stage as I was moving into high school, I sort of looked around and went, oh, I wish I could have the opportunity to to show my peers, to show other young people that there is so much to see and that there's more to life than just video games or social media and that they really should try and get off the couch with their families. And it was really that point starting to formulate this idea of a television program to try and encourage young people to get off the couch. So... I guess what made me do it, I I have to thank my family for bringing me up the way they did going away camping and traveling. But from that point, it was really just looking around going, wow, I really want other young people to experience the the awesome activities that I've done. Yeah. What a great story. And I love that you've taken us through some of those elements of your journey. And interesting, you know, you're in high school looking around and your peers, was there a lot of video games, social media, was that a big thing? And did you feel like that they were missing something? Yeah, definitely. Look, when I began high school, I just remember looking around a lot of these kids when I just didn't want to be involved in that. So as well as this sort of feeling that other people are missing out, it was actually kind of this feeling of, I want to try and repair something. I want to change something. I want to change this mentality that, you know, when you reach that age, you stop talking to your family or you you just stop going away or, or if they've never been away before to actually show them these things because obviously there's so many new experiences to, that are on offer, but it's also that well-being side of things where you're actually disengaging from technology for a bit. You're talking to your family or your friends. So it was sort of some of these issues um, that I probably saw at this age that started making me think, yeah, I feel like I could do something about this. Mm. And so then when you had these conversations with your peers and tried to share this experience with them, what was their response? Yeah, so when I was in year eight, I um, I actually was very lucky enough to go away on a three-month trip with my two parents and my sister. We went up the middle of Australia and around the West Coast. So they took me out of school for a term. So I kind of had to tell my friends something because I just disappeared off the face of the planet for a term. But when I got back, I found it really strange that, um, you know, I was talking about all these things that I guess during that three months had just become accustomed to and that my friends and my peers had never experienced, you know, whether they were literally going away camping in a, in a tent or whether it was refueling at an outback station, showing them some photos and they were just thinking how cool this was. And that's when I saw that like sort of people's eyes light up at the experience. They thought I'd sort of, you know, become a, a professional traveller when really I was just, you know, one of many people that went away. But they saw that, wow, this is, you know, this is awesome. And I sort of said to them, well, look, this is something you can do too. Now, maybe it's not three months, but for a weekend or, you know, for a week, school holidays, talk to your parents, talk to your mum and dad, your uncle, your cousins. This is something you can do too. And I guess at that point, they started to realise they could go away and do these different things too. And like I mentioned before, that was when I sort of started going, maybe I could get this message out to more people through a different medium. 
Mm. And I love that, you know, it's such a positive intent. It's founded by, you know, you wanted to make that change and open people's eyes and, and share the passion and joy of your experience. And you've now, you know, been doing this for a while. You finished school. So you finished school end of last year. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And this year you were successful in being recognised and awarded for that hard work at the Antenna Awards with the best. And now let me get this right. It was Outdoor and Recreation Program. You won that category. Congratulations. No, thank you, really. I appreciate that. No, it was pretty, pretty overwhelming when I received that award. I just thought, wow, this is phenomenal. I'm, you know, I'm very honoured and and feel really proud to receive that award. But it kind of makes me think, look, what this program started as a bit of a passion project. But when I, you know, am given awards like the Antenna Award, but more so when I hear from other young people, when I speak to them, when I get messages from them saying, hey, Ethan, we actually got off the couch because you showed us where to go. Or, hey, we went to Melrose because you showed it off. That's what makes me feel, wow, I've actually, you know, I think I'm inspiring other people and I feel really, really humbled and honoured to be in that position. So, yeah, it's um, fantastic to be recognised um, by the community TV community, but also to be recognised from other people that watch the show is, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited that, that my message is getting out there. Yeah. So then tell me, I wanted to sort of dip in and go, okay, so you're 14 and you decide you want to start a television program. So that's, you know, okay, good. But how do you do that? What did you do? What were some of the steps you needed to take? Yeah. (laughs) I wonder how did I actually manage to do it myself? I guess the first step was which was over a number of years really was identifying this this theme or this mission of why I wanted to do what I did. And as that theme became clearer and clearer about trying to encourage other young people to get off the couch, a television show became the natural medium for me because um, as I talked about, I loved filmmaking. I was already making these short family films, but it was just time to shift the focus of that to producing something more directed at young people. And I was lucky enough to have some equipment, but of course, as you know, you would know to run sort of a fairly simple operations still requires a great deal of equipment. So over time, I managed to collect that, which just helped improve my show in the long run. But then the big question came, oh, what am I going to do with the program? So obviously there's the internet, there's YouTube, there's social media, different platforms to show my program, which is fine. But I was sort of looking for something else that could, I guess, take my my idea to the next level. And that's when I, I, I actually stumbled across Channel 44 in the TV guide. Late at night, I was flicking through the telly and I came across Channel 44. And I'd always heard of Channel 44. It wasn't quite completely in the know about what it was. Anyway, there was a show on um, called SA Made Shorts and it was just like a 30-minute program of, and it had about two or three different short films that were made by South Australian students that were pretty cool. And I was watching them and I was going, oh, I could kind of do something like this. Like I could, I could, I was initially thinking I could make a short film or, or you know, a snippet of my travels to put on this program. So I got in touch with Channel 44 and sort of told them my idea and, you know, what I'd already done and, and showed them some of my previous work and they got back to me and said oh hey Ethan you know this this is actually awesome we'd love you to make a program and, and I sort of was like what a program like an actual season of something and they're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely you'd be awesome at it I was like you sure and they're like yeah yeah and from then they were super cooperative they gave me so much advice I made a number of different pilot episodes until I really got it right and then with my first episode coming out which they looked at it and went this is awesome and 
showed it that that pilot episode is the first episode, which was in the Southern Flinders Ranges. And then from there, it's kind of just grown ever since this was all mixed in while I was at school so obviously that was a bit of a uh, a bit of a handful at times to juggle but I, I really the support of my my mates my family um seeking out sponsorship to assist you in covering some of those costs that are associated with producing a tv show they all really accumulated to to help me launch off the couch with Ethan yeah and I love that and you went and got sponsorship like <laughs> you're just like yeah I could probably do this and I love that you've created a support network around you and the team at Channel 44 are incredible and wonderfully supportive and I also love that they go oh look he didn't go oh you're too young you, you know you haven't got experience they're like no this is great you can do this and help support you with advice so then the sponsorship question how did you go about that? Yeah, so I guess I quickly realised that, oh, hang on a sec, this costs money <laughs> and there's just so many different associated costs with producing a program. You know, it was lucky that in the first few days, you know, first few, the early days of it, I didn't have the cost of travel because my family were taking me away, which was just great. But all these other things that came along with producing a program, you've got your equipment, you've got, again, later on travelling costs and accommodation. And I was just trying to work out a way to do this and I didn't want my program and I, I never want it to ever become an advert as such. I want to show off different locations for what they are, not for what someone pays me uh, to show them off for. But in saying that, I was able to work out some different sponsorship opportunities with some of our local organisations. For instance, the Gawler Show were really supportive. So I'm from Gawler and the Gawler Show were really supportive of me as I was in the, I really wanted to produce a Gawler episode and they said, hey, you could show off the Gawler Show, which I probably, you know, would have been thinking anyway, you know, here we'll be able to help you cover some of your costs with some of my other episodes of locations i've visited i've approached the the local council the local business development group and they have been supportive by providing different businesses that i can showcase and they've been help, help support me uh, cover some of my costs um and even just you know sometimes it's we, we on my travels you meet just great family-owned businesses that you know they might not be able to financially support you but they'll go come stay a night for free at our caravan park or here have a meal on us and just things like that that keeping my program afloat because i i honestly do it to try and get my message out there to other young people but obviously you know everything needs to be helped funded for and 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 that ability i guess to seek out sponsorship is really crucial in in whatever field that's mm. and I, I love that you're just giving everything a go you know did you worry were you did you feel self-conscious about asking you were just like oh well the worst I could do is say no yeah pretty much I thought <laughs> uh, it was like you know what I better give this a go they're only an email or a phone call away and why not like what's what is the worst that can happen they're going to say no like a few times you know people came back and said no but were supportive about it a few places were a definite no and they didn't want to hear from some 15 year old kid or whatever but you know what it, it didn't matter because I was able to reach them awesome, amazing people that were out there willing to help me and I forever, you know, thank them because they've helped me get started and, and from that point onward, it's just it's just gotten easier as you get more confident, be able to talk to different people. And I think originally I liked talking to people anyway, so it was really just a bit of a natural process for me. Yeah. And then, so, okay, you've recorded this. What is, what is your production process then? You edit it as well. Also, I'm quite interested. You're in it. Who's filming it? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Marking a spot yeah. and then running around, standing in front of the camera? <laughs> Tell me the ins and outs. 
Well, funny you say that because really the first pilot episode was basically that, <laughs> which was quite an interest in itself. I, the program, while I say that it's mainly produced by myself as in written, filmed, edited um, by me, there is so much other support I get. I do have a few good mates that assist and be the cameraman for me as well as my family because obviously you can't do everything at once, but the predominantly most of the production is run by me. So it will involve planning a location, whether that's a trip away or whether that's something a bit closer to home, contacting different places that have interest to me to see if I can film there, to get permission to see if they'd like an interview and then going there to film and then the editing process afterwards before it's uh, worked out with Channel 44, different release dates for the different episodes um, of the season. So as I was going through school, it was a bit of a bit of a challenge to kind of, Channel 44 were really cooperative of releasing episodes um, whether it was every six weeks, whether it was every three months, because I just wasn't able to have a perfect streamline. But now that I've finished school and have a bit more time on my hands, I've been able to film quite a few and and releasing a new season in a couple of weeks' time, actually. So it's quite a process, as anyone would know, that deals with filming and editing. But I love it and it's my biggest passion. So I just love every second of it. And the fact that I'll be able to show other people my passion hopefully translates to them. Mm. One thing I'm also wondering is along the way in this journey, what has been your biggest challenges? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I've got to think about that one for a second. You're like, oh, no, it was uh, all good. <laughs> there was a number of challenges along the way and kind of something, I guess, that you would just it just comes with it. You know, that was the, you know, the, the, the time challenge, the financial challenge, the challenge of actually trying to come up with a format that's going to engage young people. I spent quite a number of hours talking to my mates mainly and going, what do you think about this? Like, how does this look for you? And they'd say, no, it's too long or it's too boring or you're making this too much like school. So I trying to find that balance of where young people will be most happy watching a program. And of course, like my programs are about half an hour long, which is a long time in the space of a young person. Now the, the attention span is, is much shorter. So it was like, if I want to keep this going, how am I going to engage people to keep watching? But the biggest challenge I would say of all was probably was probably time management, which isn't one of my greatest strengths, as you might know for rocking up half an hour late today. <laughs> so I think mixing that in with when I got to year 11 and 12 at school, it was like I need to move some things around. I need to put things on pause, but I kind of couldn't because I just kept wanting to do this as well as school. So I just didn't want to stop. So I'd say the biggest challenge I had was probably making sure I balanced everything properly, which at times I didn't. And and that doesn't lead down a good road. So again, like you can be passionate about something, but it can't take up your whole life. So that was, I'd say the biggest challenge I had was probably making sure I balance my, my time well. All right. Well, that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> I say you. good advice. Maybe I can't actually do it myself, but yeah, I try hard. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Exactly right. We we're, might get- we're all a work in progress. Yeah, exactly right. Fantastic. And so what next? So you've got season two coming out. Coming up you in the next season, you will find plenty of different episodes. Obviously, um, interstate travel has been a bit of a pickle this year but a lot of places in some remote parts of South Australia so without giving too much away um, heading over to the west coast and the Eyre Peninsula up to some remote locations such as Maralinga and Googs Track over on the other side of the planet basically Uh, not quite but there's some awesome really interesting places quite literally in the middle of nowhere that I'm really looking forward to highlighting. Oh, good. 
good. And it has been a strange time for travel. So it is a great opportunity for people to go, oh, well, what's in South Australia? You know, we've lived here for ages. We've got a huge big bit at the top of the state. (laughs) (laughs) What happens up there? Exactly right. No, and I guess that's the part that probably I enjoy the most personally is just going to some of these places or looking at a map going, what actually is around here? Because everywhere you look, there is something. There is quite a lot of nothing, (laughs) don't get me wrong, but everywhere you look, there's something like exciting going on like for example when i was filming over on um over on the nullarbor on the west coast of sa something i didn't realize before i left is there's a whole system of caves that exist all underneath the nullarbor and it wasn't literally until i was doing some filming out on the plane that you sort of look through some cracks and delve in and there's actually a huge cave just sitting right underneath you and that was like a, a great example of going there is nothing around quite literally for hundreds of kilometres, but you look underneath and there's this whole other world. So, yeah, while while some of those more popular touristy spots are great for, for different reasons, I do encourage people to, you know, go to somewhere you haven't been before or have a look at a map or have a look at um, online and see where some of these different places are. They might be a little bit further away, but they're normally totally worth it once you get there. And, and I can almost guarantee you'll learn something new about your state uh, when you visit these places. Yeah, one of my favourite spots is Fowler's Bay and it was amazing. So cool. Like really liked it. I mean, the caravan park was dirt, (laughs) gravel, but it was the most amazing. We extended our stay. We're like, oh, we want to stay here longer. It's so (laughs) cool because all the bits and pieces you could see around. So, yeah, that it is exciting. And I love that, you know, you're getting that response and you're getting people to go, oh, okay, maybe we can go out and do that too. Your, Your enthusiasm is very obvious. So... What after season two? I sort of took a bit of a detour. Anyone that finishes year 12 knows it's kind of a bit of a push to the end and then you're a bit exhausted. And I thought, look, nah, I want to have a gap year next year. I want to travel. I want to, you know, see the world. But obviously, (laughs) thanks to the pandemic, obviously that's not going to be possible. So I just sort of jumped straight on board the uni bandwagon, which don't get me wrong, is is. Fantastic. And I think it's now uni, particularly that there's, you know, less international students and things like that. Unis really are, you know, want, want young people to be there, which is just awesome. Um, I sort of just jumped on the on the engineering bandwagon because I that the subjects I'd done in school were sort of maths, physics, chem. Engineering's the natural pathway. Let's let's go see how we go. And while I enjoyed the content and the uni side of things, the, I just couldn't see myself doing that job at the end of the day. And then have decided that next year I will be heading back to uni and studying my real passion of, of film and television. So we'll see how that goes. I've got a feeling that it might be a lot more uh, enjoyable and and something I'm more interested in, but. I'm always opening new learning opportunities anyway. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, there is sometimes this pressure that there's what you should do and what your heart space is telling you to do. And I think it's great that you're following that passion. You know, it's obviously important to you. You spend all this time during school, you know, juggling these requirements and forging that own your own pathway. So I'm really excited to see where you go with that, Ethan. So thank you so much for sharing your story and time with us today. In conclusion, though, could we have Ethan's Be The Drop tip. So Be The Drop is based on the saying, which I like, which is a waterfall begins with one drop. So it's around how we should encourage others to share our passions, which is what you've done with Off The Couch with Ethan. How, what sort of advice would you give around how people should do that? I'm, I'm always I, I'm always humbled when people ask me for advice because I don't feel like I should be able to give it out. <laughs> but I would say 
for anyone's passion, whether it is filmmaking, whether it's art, whether it's sport, I would just say, just do it. Just get out there and do it, whatever it is. For me, it was putting myself out there on display and starting this program kind of with nothing to lose mentality and just doing it and it's paid off. But for anyone that just has a passion, just follow that passion and and just get out there and do it. Show the world what what you're passionate about and what you love doing because if you don't, there's not really much point keeping it to yourself. So, yeah, my be the drop tip would be just do it, not to quote a famous famous (laughs) slogan there, but, but, yeah, just get out there and do it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.